you know, but in high school we played basketball against Venice, Illinois, and it, uh, played basketball against uh, Lincoln High, and it was like oil and water mixed with them also. But uh, the underground train, called the Interurban, um, it would start off above ground, then it ran underground, under the river, and then emerge in Villa in Venice in the stops on the other side of the river. Where did and it I, start here? Um, it was down around 12th Street, and I don't remember the exact, but the tunnels which they're using now for the Metrolink mm -hmm. are the tunnels where this thing ran. And uh, found it. Very few people knew the darn thing existed. Now, some people knew because they used to travel back and forth, but there weren't a lot of people who knew that uh, it existed. But to get back to the rivalry between the uh, various uh, groups, many of these people that we had lifelong rivalries with, we ran into at college and we became very, very good friends. <laughs> we used to laugh at how we treated one another and hated one another and how well we got along with one another once we got up, got up to Lincoln. Well, was there more than a rivalry? Was there a, was there a difference in, in the, uh, uh, the work that the parents did? Was there a difference in the, If you lived in the Ville, generally, most of the uh, affluent blacks lived either in the Ville or either over around, uh, oh, hey, uh, 39, 4,000 block of uh, Windsor and uh, Enright uh, in there. That's where most of the affluent blacks lived. Rarely would you find one who lived east of Grand Avenue, although the uh, Black Enclave did not go beyond Taylor Avenue. You know where Taylor is? Mm -hmm. It did not extend beyond Taylor. West of Taylor. It did not go west of right. Taylor at that time. It did not go south, uh, north. It did not go north of, uh, let's see, Lavity. It did not go north of Lavity. Yet, there were there was a small handful of blacks that lived as far north as Sacramento and Lexington mm -hmm. in integrated neighborhoods, believe it or not, and had lived there almost all their lives. Yet our neighborhood didn't go any farther than Labrador. Um. So, were there, were your parents, did your parents know people in these other neighborhoods, these other black neighborhoods? No, the parents didn't know them. We knew them because they went to the same school we went to. They didn't have any schools over there. Or you were playing them, I mean, you, but you like you come home and you'd say, I met so-and-so at college, but there would be, you know, nobody could say, well, yes, I knew his father. <laughs> no, not, not likely. I don't recall that ever happening. Not, not that serious if they would know.
Today is May 4th, 4th and 1993, and uh, Mr. Bose and I are having our second interview, and I gave out a attitudinal survey, and we're going to do this with a tape on because uh, some of the questions uh, have some explanations along with them, um, or need some explanations along with them. So, would you like to, since you have it, would you like to read the first question? And the first one, do you believe that race is a major factor in St. Louis life? Answer is yes. And do you think race relations in St. Louis are better or worse than they were when you were a child? Uh, it's difficult to say. When I was a child, as I pointed out, lived in what you would call a ghetto in a restricted neighborhood. but. It was great fun for me and all the other children. We all enjoyed it. Uh, and matters of race were not intrusive, and very seldom did they uh, in, intrude in your uh, daily life. They might have for the parents, but they certainly didn't for the mm -hmm. uh, children. Uh, so, is there more or less? Racial, racial tension. Uh, no, no, no. We're still on two. Mm -hmm. Are race relations better or worse than they were when you were a child? In theory, they should be better. Why don't we say they're better well, with, that, you, with that explanation? Okay. Mm -hmm. But I understand what you're saying. Mm -hmm. I'm glad to have the tape on doing it. Do you believe that St. Louis had more or less racial tension? than other cities. Uh, depends on which city. Um, but I would ask the same for this, if you had the same, which you marked out. Oh, okay. But same. That's what I think. Okay. Possibly the same. All right. And which of the following areas has race had an impact on your life? Indicate their answer on scale from one to five. Um, With one being n no impact. One, yes. And uh, five, a major impact. And this would depend on which period of my life you're speaking of. Mm -hmm. Right now, it would have none. But there was a time when it did. So for the present, I could say none. Okay. Uh, the same for education. For the present, I would say none, but there were times when it had a very severe impact. Well, I'll tell you how we're going to do this. <clears throat> Make an X over there and write adult. Okay. Adult. And a little. Same. Mm -hmm. And what's this? Adult, A-D-U-L-T, okay. Mm -hmm. No, 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 put an X next to it. Oh, you want to put an X next uh -huh. to it? Oh, yeah. okay. And then scratch that out and write child. Cross this out. Well, I'm saying no impact as a... Uh, as an adult, as but an we're going to do it as a child. Oh, you want to I'm answer gonna it? I'm going to do it twice. We're oh. going to answer this two, two ways. And okay. so scratch that out and make child. All right. As an adult, 
it has n no, no impact. impact. Okay, so finish the, the adult the employment. Uh, education, no impact uh -huh. as an adult. Yes, right. All right, employment. Uh, I would say it has a major impact. Okay. Now. Social life, very little, I'd say. Now, we'll answer it as a child or a young person. Mm -hmm. We can put young person, whatever. Um, and you would put a zero. So. Wait a minute. I'm answering one, two, three, four, five, am I not? Right. Over here. So no, I, no, so, so we'll just put, if it's, if. If it had, if it had a major impact, if residence had a major impact on you as a child, then you would put the zero on five. In other words, we're, we're going to answer this two different ways: as right. an adult and a child. All right. Yes. Did it okay. have, did it have a major impact? Uh, you in the fact that we live in the ghetto, yes. Yes. A restricted okay. area. Right. Zero, and for education as a child, segregated education. So uh -huh. yes, it would. Um, and of course, that wouldn't apply employment uh, as a child. Um, social life, it would have a because uh, mm -hmm. there wasn't any zero. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, you're you're my learning person because I'm I'm learning, you know, and it's good to do this, and I, I appreciate the help that you that you you know, every. <laughs> You're a test case, Mr. Okay. DeVos. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I believe that is the same. Yeah, um, it's the same as the uh, yes. last one, is it not? And I have today, yeah. That is no, the... No, you, you, I switched them. Oh, I you did? did? Yeah, I switched them. Oh, so sorry about sorry. that. No, it's not fun. Here. I so thought we'd have the best so first. B is when I, okay, sorry about that. That's okay. All right. Okay. Okay, hopefully right. that will help. Yes. <laughs> um, okay, you right. want me to sign it? Okay. I didn't put anything on that. Um, now, back to the, the things that I wanted to, to talk about. In your in your adult life with your jobs, with your work, you you were in so many different areas, and I saw by your most interesting, versatile resume that you did. Did you just hold this post that uh, um, you did not live in Washington D.C. Did you? No. Okay. Um, that's just where the American Federation of Teachers headquarters was. Headquarters, yes. All right. Um, I thought maybe you could give me, since since your field was education, still is, um, concerning the jobs that you had, uh, do the best that you can to help me with the situation, the school integration. Uh, on the last tape, you talked about um, the fact that 
after 1954 and the law was passed uh, to integrate the schools or to desegregate the schools. Um, you with three other teachers were chosen with your class to go over to Mason School as a group and you went into that segregated classroom over there. You were just moved over to a white school. Yes. Um, and and that was happening in different areas of St. Louis. Far north also. Were there any areas where, I mean, there were all different ways, I believe, and that's what I want you to tell me about, of how integration was tried or uh, succeeded, failed, whatever, uh, where there were small enclaves of blacks and whites living together, um, maybe on, um, uh, in, down on maybe Market Street, there were, or no. Clark. There were several naturally integrated schools because blacks and whites lived in the same. Clay School was one of them. Mm -hmm. uh, another was uh, Adams School was naturally integrated. Clay School was where? It's on 14th Street. Okay. Uh, and Adams School, which is on uh, or it's where the detour for Kings Highway, you run right past it. Uh, uh, it's farther west, it's, it's west, uh, it's just east of Kings Highway uh -huh. uh, and south of Manchester in that area. But that was a, another enclave where uh, it was naturally integrated because blacks and whites lived in that area even at that time. Would Dumas School have been one? I think Dumas was closed at that time, was unless it, I'm mistaken. It okay. if, it, if it wasn't closed then, it closed shortly after that. Uh -huh. But you're right, Dumas might have been because uh, in that area was another one, Webster mm -hmm. School was another one, uh, and that was, Dumas is close to there, is another place where uh, they had some integration because of the um, natural neighborhood patterns. Mm -hmm. But that wasn't true of many other areas. About those were about the only ones that I could think of. Um, what what other one am I? Wearing school? No, at that time it was all yeah. white. There weren't any blacks who lived around there. Not in the mid fifties. No, I beg your pardon. There weren't any whites that lived around there. It was all black. All black. Right. Okay. <clears throat> um. All right. So how did those? As much as you might know about them, not being able to be everywhere, how did that mix, those kinds of schools, uh, integrate? I mean, I know they did, you, we were just saying, but I mean, how did it work? It worked fine. They only integrated the pupils at that time. Uh, well, they did some minimal integration of staff, uh, but their idea of integration was take some of what they thought were superior black teachers and assigned them to some south side schools and it was only done to my knowledge in the high schools uh, southwest uh, and cleveland were known as the gems of the system and 
And there was a small handful of black teachers pulled out of, say, Sumner and Michonne and then sent to uh, those schools. Did that cause uh, resentment at Sumner and Michonne? Among blacks it did, yeah. Because they said what they're doing is taking the very best teachers that we have and sending them to uh, white schools. And at that time, it was, I don't think there was any, there were, any, there were no black pupils at, uh, in those schools at that time. Um, this was the school board that was directing. Making the assignment, yeah. And, and they were the defendants in the integration suit at that time. And they switched places and became the plaintiff later on. But at this point, they were the def defendants. Uh -huh. The NAACP had filed against them. And there wasn't a black on the school board till 1959. I don't recall. Well, I, I just looked it up yesterday. So you know, okay. So, <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm looking on my notes, so it says Reverend John J. Hicks. Right. I'm trying to kind of put something I remember Hicks, yes, together right. here. <clears throat> so we're talking about. Uh, uh, what, when, when, excuse me, when was Dr. Young on the school board? Can't help you there. Dr. Young? Yes. I, I, I can't help you there. Um, it, it might have been before Hicks. Oh, well, this was up on something that the education department at the museum had done as a timeline. And um, so I just took that. I apart. seem to think that Young was on before Hicks, that, but I may be wrong. Well, <clears throat> I, I couldn't. Say if you will or not, it's a possibility. Um, well, then let's try and say when. When do you believe this was '59? So when do you believe that the first black might have been, if if, if indeed it wasn't on the board? Yeah, Hicks. And might have been about '55, '56. If in fact Young was on before yeah. him, it had because to be. the, because <coughs> the law was passed. Just in 54. 54 was when the Supreme Court decision, yes. Yes, and so that was pretty close. Um, all right, so, so we've got two different ways of integrating. The children that lived in the particular area uh, where there was a mix in the living, uh, in the residential part of it, and then where you would take a whole group of children like it happened to you. Um, what other, was there other ways that, that this was happening? Um, all right. When, can you give me a, a sort of a time like when it started? In other words, it was 54, but how soon did, did it happen here? You know, I don't when, really recall because I wasn't teaching at the time. Yeah. And uh, well, you were teaching when you were moved over to. Uh, that was in uh, about sixty. Although I would have been keeping up with it because I was going to school at the time. I was going to Harris, so I certainly should remember something. But I don't. I just I, don't remember. Yeah, I, know. <laughs> I know. It's hard. It's hard to do. Um, uh, let's see. I'm trying to catch up with with you here. Um, all right, let's let's go to um, 
so your first teaching was at Mason School. Mm -hmm. Yes. And then, all right, uh, you said that you were involved with um, putting together a manual on integration of teachers, how they integrated. Well, that was when I was with the union, and uh, the board was drawing up a plan. The person that was sixty-eight to eighty. Yes, they were drawing up a plan to integrate the uh, teachers uh, well, under court order, I might add, uh, mm -hmm. and uh, they worked uh, closely with the personnel division. Worked closely with the union, union in uh, drawing up that that plan. And it was something like, oh, what you could have, unless I'm mistaken, what, 40? 30% minority, uh, give or take 10% on either side, or maybe it was 5% at the time, and then it was up to 10 at one, one point. Uh, so that Southside schools, since they were all white at the time, once they were integrated, only about, uh, as few as 20%, if it was give or take 10%. Uh, if, it, if the figure was 30%, you could have as few as 20% blacks on the south side, or 20% whites on the, and, and each school was counted individually. Uh, and then that, that figure might have been up to 40% at one time. But all assignments were made based on that. You very clearly pointed out in the first interview that there was a difference between the white child and the black child as far as where they came from and how you treated I, I, them. I always thought so, yes. So was there, what kind of difference would you say would have been in the teachers in the way that they, um, well I know you felt that that the black teachers, I guess, were stricter? Much more. Were they stricter because that's the way they'd been trained or because, because they did they? Because that's the way they were raised for the most part. Be because of the way they were raised? Mm hmm Yes. And, um, yeah, blacks then and now are generally very conservative. Now they have a liberal tinge, but a liberal tinge, but generally, blacks are very conservative. Although you never know that because they always vote Democratic and they're very liberal. But uh, in their personal lives, they're very conservative. And can you go a step further? And what does that mean? In well, uh, what we're just talking about—the discipline. The uh, discipline. Right. Uh, you see a black parent out with a child in a public setting, that child starts acting up, they will regret it. Believe me, they will. And there'll be very little verbal to it. You may get knocked upside from the wall or something. And uh, such things as cleanliness, sticker or sitting up at the dinner table coughing or or blowing your nose at the table. That would get you slapped up under the table, too, or something like that. Mm 
or failing to cover your your mouth if you cough or sneeze or something like that. And very strict rules. Protocol. Yes. Um. Okay. All right. Um. Was there was there any problem when the black teacher? went over to the south side in, in, in areas like that, where there was the behavior problem? No, uh, no, no severe problems. Uh, and it happened not only in the south side, but far north was all white also at the time. Where far north? Like blackjack and? No, no, no. Uh, far north, as far as, uh, um, trying to think of a school over there as well. See, where Northwest is, that was all white, and all the schools over Northwest. there. Northwest. The high school Northwest. is now, and all the schools in that area, Walnut Park, Walbridge, and all of those, all of those were white schools with the white populations. And so when I was assigned, along with uh, my friends, to go to Mason, there were others who were assigned to go uh, in that area with the same kind of self-contained classrooms. Because blacks generally uh, lived in a corridor starting at east of Jefferson and Market and running almost straight west in a, a sort of a line to about Taylor Avenue. Uh, give or take a few blocks on either side, but generally that's where they lived. And there was none far north or far south except there were some small enclaves on the north as far as Sacramento or San Francisco. We lived over there all of their lives. And around Crandallette, there were blacks who had lived over there all of their lives, except for small uh, groups like that. Everyone else lived in that uh, general corridor. Um. Well, Nay, when you left Mason and went to Enright, mm -hmm. you were, that was a, you also said in the first interview that, that you really change when you go into one world and, and in and out of a world, you go in the black world, you know, the way you talk and it's your friends and you understand each other, and, and uh, so it's different. So y did you have to make adjustments like that when you went over to Mason? Well, uh, you felt you, you were a trial at all times, so you were, as they say, you acted as white as you could. And how is, how is that? Language always correct, although you would lapse back if you were in a group, then you'd lapse back into your normal ghetto language. Can you give me an example? I wish I could, but I cannot. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, like we're you, well, you've seen these rap groups with their exaggerated, uh -huh. you find some educated blacks when they're around, other blacks will talk exactly that way but you get them in a different setting. Uh, well-educated blacks who will talk that way. Uh, 
but you get them in a different setting, and you never know that they could, they could talk that way. Or these exagger exaggerated mannerisms with hands, and, and especially females, the way they can jerk their heads around black females and the like. You never see them do that, except they were a black group. But yes, they will do it. As uh, conservative as I say my wife is, she will do it. But she'll only do it at home. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. Wait, and, and she doesn't know she's done until I call her attention to it. And then what does she say? She denies it. And I say, but you did, whether you think you did or not, because she criticizes other blacks for doing it. <laughs> uh -huh. Uh -huh. Uh, well, we, I think we all do that kind of thing. We yes. criticize and we don't realize what we're doing. But um, is it like going to a birthday party in a stranger's home and being on your best behavior? Yes. Yes, you might say that. Mm -hmm. uh, they did a piece on blacks in college uh, on 60 Minutes and how blacks uh, now are trying to uh, segregate themselves and how they sit on the first row in class show that they're interested in what's going on and they are trying to outdo everyone else. Uh, it reminds me a lot of the way we were when I was in the, uh, when I volunteered to serve in that infantry outfit. When the what? That when I oh, volunteered infantry. to serve in that infantry outfit, uh, we did some crazy things that might have gotten us all killed because you were trying to show that you were as brave and as strong as anyone else. and. When I saw that, I thought about that time that they were acting just as, just as we were at that time, and that was a long time ago. And yet, blacks in some cases felt that they still had to do that because a lot of them were accused of being this was at Duke University that uh, uh, they were accused of only being there because they were minorities. Oh, and if they weren't, yeah, and they wouldn't have been otherwise. Mm -hmm. And they were trying to outlive that. How do you feel about affirmative action? I think there's a place for it, mm -hmm. yes. Uh, but yeah, there's a fine line between quotas and affirmative action, and you have to be careful with it. But I think, yes, there's a place for it, absolutely. As a matter of fact, uh, yeah, a lot of people denigrate uh, Percy Green, and like I, he was one of my heroes. I always liked Percy. We never would have gotten as far as we've gotten if Percy hadn't gone down there and climbed that arch and threw, threw rats on landlords and feces around. We never would have gotten the jobs and the life that we uh, got without that. Yeah, I, he got the attention. He got the attention, yes, he did. So, how old were you then, do you think? When? When Percy was doing that. Oh, that was uh, during the 60s, yes. yes. Mm -hmm. And, uh, God, I had to be mid-30s then. Uh -huh. Because I, had, I didn't begin teaching until I was about 30, 34, 35. No, it might have been.
and Ivory Perry. Did you remember? I remember that? Ivory Perry, yes. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. Um, what were, uh, let's see, what do you think that the high point of the desegregation plan was? Was it Uh, in what way? Well, like in the beginning, was there was there hope? I mean, people were excited, and did they feel good that this was finally going to come about? Yes, blacks, of course, were. So there were a lot of whites that feel that way. Right. Yes, blacks felt that way. Uh, but it has uh, led to some bitter disappointments now. I think. Talk about that for me. A lot of blacks don't think that this our busing and then having to take the abuse that the children have to take when they get to these schools is worthwhile and is doing them any good. Uh, most of the uh, black children who transfer to the county schools are those that are highly motivated, hardworking pupils anyway and would do just as well if they stayed in all black schools. Last <coughs> night I went to uh, something down at the Black Rep where uh, there was a discussion of, of uh, uh, what blacks have contributed to the arts and one of the young women who had been uh, in segregated schools said that she felt that they lost something when they integrated. It's possible. It's possible. But I, I couldn't put my finger on anything exactly, but uh, they might have. Well, she she was saying, and an older woman that I interviewed was saying, I I think that um, that their teachers had told them, you can do it, you can do it, you can do it. Just keep mm -hmm. just keep trying, and and you can do it. And uh, somehow that didn't get. I don't know what her experiences were, if, if she had a child or, or what. Yeah. I know some blacks who uh, have done well moved to the county. Their children have gone to integrated schools. When they graduated from high school, have been sending them to all black colleges. Mm -hmm. Yes. <clears throat> Would you have wanted, well, your child did go to the same school that you went to. He went to Lincoln for a while, yes. Yeah. But didn't he go to Simmons and... He went to Simmons for a short while, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, okay, I, I wanted to know what else in, um, you, you had, the things that you did, um, as far as the integration, do you, is there anything else that you would want to speak about uh, with the jobs that you had, whether it was the the process of writing up this plan uh, for the teachers or the implementation of it. Um, were teachers consulted? Was it, was it a how-to or was the it The teacher only organizations were consulted, yes. Uh -huh. And there were two, the union and the association, and they were consulted, of course. Mm -hmm. 
But was it was it just the how many go here and there? Was that that kind of plan, or was it a how to how to get along and how to? Oh the, no, they 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 had workshops and, and the like for those kind of things. Yes, they did have that. And and I'm not well, sure of how much good it did, but they had them. Did people look feel that that was good, or did they resent it? Uh, they thought it was good at the time, but even now. Or you can go into schools, and at lunchtime you see the white teachers have their place to eat lunch, and black teachers will have their place to eat lunch, and rarely will you see them together. Occasionally, yes. Now that isn't to say they don't get along. They get along well with one another, and there's no resentment generally, none that you can see. But uh, when it comes to socializing, they will usually back off both of them. You know, I, I haven't been out to any high schools, but um, I've heard that the black students sit in one place and the white That's students. True. But if they see the teachers doing it, mm -hmm. then I can understand that maybe as they saw the teachers. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if that would help, but they would still do it. I think children would. Would still separate. I think so. Then it must be coming from home. Well, their excuse is they just feel more comfortable. Say they don't have anything. It's not that they dislike the, the blacks. Would say it's not they, that they dislike the uh, white students. They just feel more comfortable in being around people that they've known all their lives. And whites will say generally the same thing. But you don't. You don't. You don't get to know anybody unless you sit next to them. That's true. That's true. But I'm not certain if they want to at this stage of their life. All right. Uh, you you had said, is there anything else that you would like to talk about about your involvement in integrating in in, in the schools in the things that I'm trying to get to, which is is the, the process of integration? Well, as I say, I worked on it at both ends. I worked at it from the union angle and looking out for, uh, trying to look out for uh, what we call teachers' rights and the like. And when I went downtown, I did the same thing at the other end. Um, and there were numerous, uh, oh God, there were numerous cases that we handled where uh, a white had been assigned to the North Side School would come down almost hysterical about reporting to that school, really in fear. And what, can you give me a kind of, was this the 70s then? Uh, the now 80s? This, no, when you say going downtown, this, where were you? I was working downtown. I was working down at the board. So it had to be in, it had to be in the, board. It, yes, it, it had to be in the early 80s. It is. You yes, were it was from that 80 late. to 85. You were director of employment relations. It, it was it was that employee late. Employee relations. Yes, it, it was that late that uh, uh, they act as if they were in fear, and they were in fear of their lives. And you have to sit down and they carefully explain that nothing is going to happen to you. Uh, and if you get them to the report, I often wonder how much learning went on. There. 
because they were seeing such great fear when they went. Uh, I just can't imagine them being effective teachers. Yeah, that would be a terrible mm -hmm. thing to, go to, to have to go someplace every day that you were so frightened of. Right, that's there true. Was reason or not reason. That's absolutely true. And there were some that um, uh, I recommended that, that they just not send them, send them somewhere else. But you had the rigid guidelines of which you had to follow, so we had to figure out some way to get around them, which we, in some cases, we did. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> um, what were some of the good things? We've talked about the more difficult parts of this. What What were some of the good things, if any, that came out of or some of the parts of it that you were seeing? Well, the goal was to integrate faculty, integrate um, pupils, and they did that. Uh, I think it equalized the um, spending because it had long been uh, said that uh, they spent more money in the white schools than they did in the black. I'm not certain if that was absolutely was ever true or not, but at least it took away that, that criticism once they uh, it, of course, they came up with a new a, uh, budgeting scheme, which I helped work on there downtown, and everything flowed through a certain section where uh, the finances were equal in uh, each school, per pupil spending was equal in each school. So they did accomplish uh, uh, things like that. Um, when I uh, went as late as when I went downtown to work, say in the personnel division, there I was the only black administrator. No, that was one other. John Rencher was there was only two of us. John who? A guy named John Rencher. He was director Richard. of Rencher. R E N C H E R. He was a director of the non certificated personnel. And there were very few um, clerical people who worked in uh, personnel. But by the time I left, uh, blacks were in the majority in the uh, clerical and uh, in administration. It changed that much in the course of uh, seven, eight years. child teaching today as opposed to teaching uh, over the phone you said that it, it was not uh, it was enjoyable you you enjoyed it mm -hmm. um, sure did. the years that you taught with you it was like 61 when you went over mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, 61 68 mm -hmm. um, were, you were happy to get back to Enright Yes, I enjoyed it all. Mm -hmm. okay. And um, um, what were the problems concerning the the child at Enright in those days? I mean, did you with the interest of the parents? Uh, uh, generally, parents were interested. Uh, you find a few who uh, you never saw, never heard from. Uh, but it, some of it depended on the uh, teacher 
and uh, whether they were able to elicit uh, good support from their parents. Mm -hmm. Now, I always followed the practice by uh, within that first month of school, I would have talked to every the parent of every child in my room. I called them, tell them who I was. Uh, I asked them if they had any problems, child had any problems. They're free to call me, get them my phone number. You can call me at home. If you can't get off work, uh, just call me at home. And uh, work wonders. Never, almost never had any problems with their children when you do that. It's really interesting. Mm -hmm. um, do you feel that, that teaching today is not an enjoyable? Uh, from the complaints that I hear, uh, one of the things that contributed to uh, the present state is uh, your lack of control over uh, pupils when they outlaw corporal punishment. Uh, whether it was good, bad, or indifferent, when you outlaw it, the kid knows you better not put your hands on them. And uh, maintaining discipline can be extremely difficult in some schools and in some areas. And um, some of them just can't just can't handle it any longer. What What do you think is the answer for the schools? What do you feel about busing? Uh, I don't think it's done what it was intended to do. They felt that if you integrated uh, pupils, it would raise the general level of uh, academics for everyone. Mm -hmm. I don't think it did that. It might have done so in the early stages, but it's certainly not doing it now. Um, personally, I thought that the uh, segregated schools did extremely well. They had some bang-up good teachers in them. And while I used to call the principals uh, kings and the schools their kingdom, they did run some very good schools, and you don't find that kind of things existing now in the school. Mr. DeBose, uh, you, you, well, how is it you don't find it existing? What do you find? It uh, doesn't seem that the principal has that much control, or will uh, exert that much control. Now, there are a few of them who, who do. I have a brother-in-law who's relatively young, he's about mid-forties or so, and he's extremely rigid. He, you almost never find him, he's constantly walking the halls, he's going and talking to teachers, he's talking to pupils. If there's a problem in the classroom, he's out talking to that teacher and trying to help that teacher improve and all that kind of stuff. And there's some who, uh, who just sit on their hands, and if the if they if they know the teacher's not doing well, and instead of trying to help that teacher improve, they direct their efforts to get rid of the teacher. As long as they're somewhere else where they don't have to worry about them, they don't care. Where is where is your brother-in-law a principal? He's at Clark now. He's at Clark. Mm -hmm. 
But there are others like him too. There are some some other good uh, uh, young principals who are on the scene. Well, more and more, because they, they, there's been a great turnover in principals in the last three or four years. Why is that? Uh, well, when I left, the uh, uh, principals had the highest average age of any group mm -hmm. in the system, and they have begun to retire. Oh. Mm -hmm. uh, all right, let's switch from schools and tell me, please, um, uh, where did you, what did you do about, where did you go in St. Louis for, where do you go now for leisure activities? What part of the, what do you, what do you and your wife do in your free time? Um. We go to the Fox. As a matter of fact, we used to be season ticket holders at the Fox mm -hmm. um, until they start getting too many people on the season ticket that we didn't want to see, so we stopped by. Mm -hmm. But we go there. We go to Black Rep occasionally. Excellent. Mm -hmm. We like it. Uh, we used to be great bridge players. We don't do that very often any longer. But generally, those are the kind of things that we yeah, do. Um, do you feel that the system has has worked for you? Uh, the agencies, the in St. Louis, when you have needed something. What kind of agencies now you have in mind? Well, um, the public agencies. I mean, do you, do you feel in the mainstream or that uh, you've been able to, if you've needed something that the government would, of the city, um, would be there for you? Mm, I guess I, I would say I, I've had pretty good success with them. I don't think I've had too much difficulty. All right. Well, um, one last question. I back to <laughs> did your did your children that you took from to the Mason School did they question being out there? Did they wonder why they were in a white school and a black? Classroom. No, I don't recall that ever coming up. I'm sure they knew, because uh, it was all over the news, and I'm sure their parents had discussed it with them. Mm -hmm. But we never entered into any formal discussion or anything of that nature. I know there's, I don't ever recall anyone asking. And um, these were some very bright students. I had one of the best classes I've ever had. When, first couple of years I worked and they were extremely good, very bright, very inquisitive, but I don't recall any of them ever asking any, asking anything like that. All right, Mr. Bose. Um, let's go back over these jobs, the employee relations, is there um, anything else in that that you could offer and uh, that had to do with the 
things that we're discussing um, are in the unions. I don't know. Did we discuss the fact that when I was uh, working for the union, I <coughs> I worked in a lot of areas in the country. Uh, oh, the AFT had a very small permanent staff. Then they have very small permanent staff now, and when they they needed to staff a um, a uh, campaign, either membership campaign, strike campaign, or various things like that, they borrow of uh, field representatives or representatives from various organizations around the country, and so they all because they always used to send people in to help us, they always ask me to go out and work in various other campaigns and coordinate other campaigns around the country. Mm -hmm. And in my travels, and I've been everywhere working for the AFT in the country, you never go for more than a week. Two weeks was about the longest I ever stayed at one solid time. But. Uh, it's the sameness you find in the school systems. AFT is most prominent in big cities, mm -hmm. and it was the sameness that you find in uh, big city school systems. They were so much alike. So St. Louis wasn't that different? No, they were so much alike, right? Whether it's the only difference is I always tell people, now you think you're in a unique but you can name this place in it, and you'd find exactly the same problems you have everywhere else in the country. Like the shopping malls. I've worked in Baltimore, Washington, D.C., Seattle, Portland. South? I avoided New Orleans on purpose. That's when they were shooting at people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I managed not to go to New Orleans. <laughs> what the heck? Uh, but that was one of my assignments, though, so, uh, and uh, uh, when I was vice president, so I was someplace I had to go, Oklahoma, I had to go, uh, but you just had to be careful. If you rented a car, the first thing you did was disconnect the ceiling light. Disconnect the ceiling light? Why? So that when you opened the car door, the, the light wouldn't come on. Oh, so, so, you, I don't understand. It was dangerous in working in places like that. And you get a lot of threats. And so you took precautions. Uh, you did such things as tape the hood and the door of the car with uh, transparent tape. So that when you come out, you could make sure no one had been under your hood or been in your car. And we used to do things like that, and it was a matter of form. You did it. But what was disconnecting the light? So that when you got in the car at night, you would not become a target. Oh, I see. A well-lighted target. Yeah. Well, you got there. Okay. Um, well, you, so you did some dangerous things. I mean, you could have been hurt. Um, the publication, you were editor-in-chief of the local newspaper for the teachers' union. Mm -hmm. um, were, was this ongoing, this business with the 
desegregation plan? Was there always, was it always up in front of people's minds? Was it, or is it? From the time I first began teaching in 61 until I left, it was always one of the big items, believe me. Yes. I mean, were there articles about it? And, and, uh, oh, yes. We, I mean, at meetings, was, were those things addressed at your union meetings and, and yes, teachers? Yes, they, they were discussed, and uh, they, uh, we'd have various workshops and the like. We did a lot of things together. Did it get hot and heavy in meetings? I mean, was Not generally, no, because you, you found that most of the people who uh, belonged to the Union, white and black, were pretty much of like mind. They were like minds. So and what was the, the like mind? Um, they were bound to one another. And, uh, to work. Yes, absolutely. Did the people who didn't want it to work, did they eventually get out of teaching? Is that the way it went, or did they just stay in and...? Uh, I don't think any of them, well, some of them quit. Some of them quit, went to the county, but not a great deal, because it, once you've been around a long time, you were giving up an awful lot to... Uh, to leave. Oh, they quit and went to the county? Yeah, there were, but there weren't a lot of them who did that. Because as I say, you would you'd give up an awful lot. You give up your tenure, and tenure in the county took five years to get tenure in the county. It took only three here in the city. And once you reach certain spots on the uh, higher levels of the salary schedule, you'd find it very difficult to match that somewhere, unless you were in a very high specialty like science or teaching algebra or calculus or something like that. You, you, you're just teaching an English teacher. You have a very difficult time trying to match your salary anywhere. Mr. DuBose, when did the schools in the city begin to go down? Um, I say that it seems that um, just in the few people that I've talked to, uh, the people your age, uh, in the 60s, mm -hmm. 60 years old, that area, six, more than, between 60 and 70. Mm -hmm. um, they went to good schools, you know, they had good teachers and, and uh, for the most part I think felt good about all of that. Uh, I happened to speak to one woman's daughter who was 43 and by the time she got to Sumner, she felt that, that, you know, they were getting the second-hand stuff and that their teachers were knocking themselves out to, to give them the material that some of the books were sitting in the hall and been gone through. Uh, they were getting cast off things. Am I, am I saying things that are true? Or? No, no, not that late. As I pointed out, there was a perception that this was happening, but we were never really able to document that. And we worked hard at it because we, when they filed the suit uh, against the board, the integration suit against the board, and who's they? Uh, the NAACP. Okay. Uh, they came to the union and asked us to help them research some of those things, and that was one of the things that we looked at carefully. We were never able to really document that that ever happened. Tell you the truth. 
we were that, able that you were getting second hands? Yes. We just weren't able to document that. It might have happened occasionally, but I don't think it happened as a general rule. Uh, but where I think uh, schools have uh, gone wrong is uh, the sense of community, neighborhood school. I think that's what really undermined it. You don't have any allegiance to the school you're going to and the people in the neighborhood who live. Everyone who went to Sumner when I went to Sumner lived in the Sumner neighborhood. And that was their school. They owned it. And Sumner still has that because it's one of the schools that's not integrated and I don't think there are any buses that bus into Sumner. Everybody gets a summer. You walk or you get there on your own. Mm -hmm. And it's still like that. Roosevelt, on the other hand, where two-thirds of the people are bussed in, is just a transient home for most people. And they have absolutely no allegiance to Roosevelt whatsoever. You know, it's interesting you say that because I have not interviewed this woman. Excuse me. Mm -hmm. she's, she's white and I happened to meet her um, uh, and start talking to her at the art museum and told her in the very beginning what I was thinking of doing, something like this. She was a teacher at Roosevelt. Mm -hmm. And she said that what was different for her was that, and, and, for, other, and for the children coming in, that you couldn't, you didn't know their brothers and you didn't know their sisters and right. you didn't, she's saying what you're saying. That's exactly right. That mm -hmm. there was no continuity there and, and whereas there had been before. That's right. Uh, and that was difficult for her and difficult for the children. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, oh, as you look at when I went to school, the teachers at Sumner were institutions. You could trace, if you had older brothers and sisters, you could trace the history of those teachers mm -hmm. all the way back and look at the annuals. Uh, I had some, I graduated in June 43 from Sumner, and uh, I knew people in my neighborhood who had the annual school annuals back to when I was born in 1924, and some of those teachers were in it. And as I said, they were stars. And you talked about those. Right now, you could get the group of those people together, and they still talk about those teachers. Yeah, those teachers. They still talk about them. Did I ask you last time if you had a, a mentor, uh, a role model? My dad, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, can you tell me more about the NAACP? Uh, when they came and filed the complaints? Oh, well, our involvement with the union, they just came and asked us to, uh, they were trying to uh, verify certain aspects of the various things they could prove. Um, we were able to come up with a few things that uh, they were not aware of, but they had the cooperation of uh, several other blacks who 
been around and knew what was going on. One sore thumb, I think we pointed out to them that they had not thought about this. Echo home. I